Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Gigabit Nation, broadband talk radio. I'm your host, Craig Settles, and I want to welcome everyone in the audience today and thank you for taking time to be with us as we will give you a little bit of a taste of what's in the future uh, here in the area of the world of broadband. Uh, my guest today is Om Malik, who is a technology industry icon, thought leader, and key influencer in the industry. Uh, many of you have likely heard or read Alm's work uh, from his career as a journalist, editor, and in recent years, uh, director of Giga Ohm, which uh, CNET has named uh, one of the 100 most influential blogs. So, Alm, welcome to the show, and I'm honored to have you as a guest today. Hey, good morning. And uh, well, let's uh, kick right in here because uh, we won't have a lot of time today, but we're going to make the best of what we got. Um, last week, you had this conference, uh, GigaOM Roadmap, uh, which I thought was very uh, eye-opening in terms of just the, the number uh, and I, uh, the breadth of the ideas that were being uh, presented. Can you give the audience an overview of what the conference was about and, and more importantly, why did you decide to put it on in the, in the first place? So, um, you know, so my my belief is that we have entered a whole new phase uh, in the on the internet. We have entered a state of connectedness, which I mean is that we are connected almost all the time in 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 and wherever we go, whether we are at home or traveling in a coffee shop, there is an internet connection in and around us, and and you know. A lot of the connectedness so far, you know, till about 10 years ago, was reserved for people at the top of the pyramid. But now the state of connectedness is spreading to all aspects of society. And I include the idea of having access to a phone as part of that connectedness. And, and you know, the phone is only, you know, a mobile phone is a precursor to a mobile Internet connection. So we are part of that, you know, that state has come where it's it's pretty hard to go into any place in the world, uh, except if you're using an iPhone in San Francisco, <laughs> there isn't a light, that you don't have an Internet connection. But and, and as a result of that, I believe that we are going to see a big change in our human behavior. And, and that behavior is going to, you know, uh, you know spread through, entire spectrum of society, how we work, how we live, how we create, how we consume. Uh, I don't know if you remember back in, you know, the early 90s when Sprint launched their $50 PCS phone and suddenly the idea of, you know, how we, you know, communicated or how we, you know, tried to set up appointments for a drink or how we dated and how we interacted with each other or how we made sales calls completely changed. You know, that was, you know, 16 years later, if you look at the mobile society today, that one action completely transformed the entire civilization, right? Like we have people in 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 Nigeria conducting e-commerce because they have the phone. So that happened in 16 years. You're seeing something similar happen on the internet side of things is that we have finally, just like we freed the phone from a wire, we have freed the internet from the from the desktop or the laptop into many different devices, and 
And that is the big profound change. And that was the main reason I wanted to do the the conference uh, gig on roadmap. Mm-hmm. So no, long t- answer, t- long answer to a very small question. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, I think people need to have that that over that overview. Um, one of the things I find interesting, um, you know, you guys had the conference last week. You know, connectivity changes everything. Also, over the weekend, there were in a number of cities, uh, Kansas City in particular and Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, these 48-hour pressure cooker events where you bring uh, entrepreneurs and finance people and marketing people into an environment where for 48 hours they they create a product uh, from almost from the ground up. And at the end, the goal anyway is to have ideas that are um, fundable at least at the seed level. And uh, what, what I find interesting is that we chase a lot after you know the next big thing, but is in reality what we're really looking for are a lot of little things that you know that because they're little and easy to adopt or adapt, that they make a big difference in how we work and how we do what we do. Right. I think you know the problem with with the with the and I think a lot of the problem is with the funding culture is that we all are looking for a big bang, a mm-hmm. silver bullet for everything. That isn't really the case, right? Like, it is, if you really look at what Internet promotes is, you know, a, a lot of small things can coexist with some big things. Like, look at the feeder applications that exist off, whether it's the iPhone, the Android, or Facebook, right? Those those are not exactly, you know, spectacular mega ideas, but they still exist. And, you know, a few million people use them very often and create a lot of, you know, bandwidth usage and consumption, even though they're very small and they're only targeting a small group of people. So I think what we are experiencing, and we will, we will continue to experience many such small ideas, some of them will become massive, Right. So one of the things like I was comparing at the conference was the the idea of a steam engine. The steam mm-hmm. engine essentially took, you know, connected us so much that little ideas, you know, started to coexist, right? Suddenly small companies or small manufacturers in the heartland of England started to export their products to to the colonies and suddenly the British Empire was so much bigger because they had the state of connectedness, right? The connectedness at that time was the train and the and the and the boats, right? And now we have connectedness, which is the internet. And you're going to see a lot of these small things. You know, I don't want to sound kind of, you know, smarmy or you know, and that's not my intention of saying that. But I think we've entered the the dry cleaner phase on the internet. There's a lot of small businesses like mom and pop dry cleaners and, you know, corner stores and, you know, local, you know, local coffee stores exist in the real world. You will have a lot of small, you know, mom and pop apps which will exist on the Internet. Some apps will be for commerce. Some apps will be for, you know, video consumption. Some apps will be for kids. You know, so I think there will be a lot of these, like, almost tens of millions of these little things, and there will be a few which will become massive, right? There will be another Facebook, there will be another Instagram, there will be another Twitter, 
there just won't be that many on the Facebook, right? So that's my my view is that that's how we should view the next few years. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at sort of, the, again, the little things having major impact. So if we look at our political culture here in the U.S., or we look at the number of governments that have been under siege or actually toppled where where it's been a lot of local people changing how they use or how they uh, they approach politics using Twitter. So they've used it maybe in different ways, but the essence is, you know, they use a bunch of small messages out to a lot of people and they mobilize folks and they they change the course of political history at least in their particular country or 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 area, state or whatever. Um, is it possible that that same kind of dynamic could happen on the business side? So you talk about you know lots of mom and pop businesses, but could there be, in other words, cases where a lot of these smaller um, companies are able to topple bigger companies at least within their market, their county, their community, whatever? Yeah, I mean, aren't you seeing that? Like, look at look at what's happening with with a company like Airbnb, right? Essentially what they're doing is all of us who are part of the Airbnb system are essentially toppling the 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 equivalent of, you know, the, the, the Airbnb's, you know, uh, equivalent of, like, you know, it's like basically taking on the hotel industry, right? So that's mm-hmm. what we're beginning to see. And I think that is very crucial. You'll see more and more such platforms where, uh, you know the 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 and the, the you and I and the people become part of the platform itself and start to take down companies which 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 are not part of this this ecosystem anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the big challenge for large you know companies going forward. Now, is that a process that you think that can be uh, controlled or managed, or is it going to be? more of a, a, a free-for-all? I think it's, you know, just think about it this way, that because we were able to connect in the, you know, 20th century through through trains and ships and planes and trucks and 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 the, the industrialization and capitalism became an unstoppable force and spread everywhere and, and created a whole different dynamic uh, of competition, I think we are seeing the same thing will happen with the spread of, you know, connectivity pretty much everywhere. So I'm not sure, you know, how this is going to precisely play out. I do know for one thing, for, you know, that it, this is going to be a, a very disruptive phase over the next few few decades. Mm-hmm. That will definitely uh, be be something to watch. I think that that's. Uh, it was interesting last week. There was a uh, an article in um, uh, the Kansas City Star that talked about you know some people having doubts about the value or the direction of the gigabit network that Google was helping them build. And and then I looked at a um, the document that was that was collected and put together by some of the local stakeholders and they had oh I don't know 100 you know 100 pages of information a lot of it were ideas but they were definitely ideas that weren't monumental in their own right but they were um if you if you 
sort of explored them to their logical conclusion. They could change, you know, how healthcare is delivered, how learning is done, and so forth. And I think the biggest challenge seemed to be uh, how do you get people excited about that, or do you try to get people excited about that? You know, how, how do you, how do you get people to buy into the the list of little things versus the next big thing? I, you know, it's really, really hard to to imagine. But I mean, if you really look at people, should just go look at you know how the connectivity has created opportunities and created problems for industries, right? You know, it, it kind of it's not one big thing or one small thing; it's just many things, right? Look at online trading came in and destroyed the the highly lucrative, hidebound, you know, you know, retail and stocks culture of 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 uh, and took away the whole brokerage business from Wall Street. You know, internet came along and, and you know companies like Expedia and Orbitz and so on and so forth have basically caused a disruption in the in the travel agents, you know, business. And so, you, you know, it's like if you're looking for a big bang, there isn't any. But if you look at the Internet's effect over the last 15 years, you can see that it has clearly been a big bang for a few industries. And now we are going to see an even more, uh, you know, uh, the increased velocity of change because just there is more connectivity. So in large respect, it comes down to we need to we as in we the industry need to establish expectations at a different level so that then people can understand and, and sort of get on board maybe a little bit easier. You see, I, like I see all these. So I have a hundred megabit connection at home, you know, and and what it has done is it hasn't really radically changed. A lot of things in the last two or three two years I've had that connection. However, it has changed my behavior. Right? I don't store anything locally. I all my services are on demand. I don't even think of a time when there is not a connection. I know there are days when you know I'm not connected and I'm on a plane or I'm in some place where there is no internet. But when I'm at home, my entire life is completely, you know internet based and it doesn't feel like it's somewhere else, right? Like it feels like it's at home. All my music is in a cloud storage locker on AM AWS. All my documents are in Google. My my phone company is Skype, right? And and my you know, I listen to all my music now even through Spotify. I watch movies essentially based on Netflix or Hulu or one of the other services. So I really don't have any local storage. I don't keep anything local, right? I don't subscribe to any television. My life has become very really on demand. Yes, I might be an extreme case, but in three years from now, it might actually be, it just might be routine. Like, you know, I'm just, it's my job to write about these things. So maybe that is why I am the extreme case. But, you know, remember, like, it, in in 1996, it wasn't obvious that all of us will have an instant messaging account, right? But mm -hmm. it did. It became pretty obvious, and you know, instant messengers are still a way of communication. Or Skype in like 2004, who would have thought there would be this thing called Skype, which would essentially take away all the juice from the long distance business, right? And now 
I mean, we don't even think about using it. It's just like it's like my mom uses it, and she's like complete computer illiterate. <laughs> she doesn't right like uh, you know she doesn't even know English, but she knows Skype. Uh huh. Right? She knows where to find Skype, how to use it, how to call me, do a video chat with her grand grandkids, and and I think this is what I mean is that a lot of us are looking for a silver bullet where there is the the productivity or, or the usage is just happening around us. Little things start happening around us. And I think that is what we all should be looking to to figure out rather than just saying, oh, I'm going to do this or that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the way I feel about it. I don't know how other people feel about it, but that's well, my... Well, no, I think this brings up an interesting question too, which is... Um, in the past, technology companies have gone after you know big money, or they've gone after angel investments. I mean, they basically have looked for or to a, a you know relatively small pool of money sources to get their projects off the ground. Might now be a time to consider maybe looking locally for money, getting a consortium of local businesses to come together and finance an application. Uh, there's, a, there's an example in Vermont where um, they have a local contest for you know, the best ideas of how you're going to change your business using the Internet. And, uh, but the money that comes for those prizes are from mostly local sponsors with maybe one or two Internet service providers thrown in, but they're changing the dynamic of how people with ideas go after money. Are we at a point I mean, where we need to maybe I, 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 I disagree with that. I just think using uh, the idea, oh, we need to raise money to do this. Like, why? Like, I have no idea why people have to do that. Do you? How do you start a small store in your neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. How do you figure that out? Right? You just basically, you know, figure out a store's idea. You get space. You get, like, you know, some inventory. You go talk to, you know, friends and family. They finance you. You use your savings. I think the, the, if you are going to start an internet-based application or a business, you also have to think in a similar conservative fashion to see how you are going to do it. Just because you know you want to raise funding, funding is a way to to you know if you have a very different idea, right? Like if you're it depends on like like not everything deserves and needs like venture funding or you know government funding. Like something just like there's some ideas are just meant to be just ideas which you and I bootstrap. Right? So I mean I personally essentially bootstrapped my my company for five and a half years on my own before I took any money from the outsiders. Mostly because you know, I got tired of just doing it all by myself, and I needed more people, right? So it, 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 it was a choice I made from a business standpoint, not it wasn't a choice which was made because it was cool for me to raise money. So I think people need to be very conscious of, like, how to, you know, what they're trying to achieve. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a couple of the ideas that, that came out I mean, of the, the conference last week. I think one of the more interesting uh, areas was, was 
was medicine, you know, sort of the all real-time connected uh, access to medical data or better ways of tracking your own personal uh, medical data. How much of an impact do you think that's going to have in the next couple of years as a sort of a category of product? Yeah, there will be a lot of products. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say anything about that part of the industry because it's so heavily regulated and it's really, really hard to predict how the market is going to, to shake out. Mm-hmm. I can tell you one thing as somebody who is a patient and I suffer from a couple of chronic problems, I I use the idea of quantified health to the very extreme on every single day. Like, you know, I measure, you know, every calorie I intake and my blood pressure and my sugar level and everything. Like, just you can just imagine it, mm-hmm. and I measure it. And I, I just see the value of that. Yeah, I started, like, I've been doing it for a few years, so I finally started to make sense of it. So I agree with you that the these quantified health or the the self-metrics, you know, the personal metrics are going to be huge. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you anything about their medical impact, but they will make an impact. They will make us more informed people. Mm-hmm. And once you are more informed... I think you make smarter decisions, or at least in theory, you should be making smart decisions. Right, and to a certain extent, um, it also it seems like one of the points of the several people who were speaking was that it also changes how we work together. I mean, the the, the concept of using the uh, like a group dynamic. Uh, or sort of an online competition to make advances in maybe reducing weight or what you know things related to medical conditions, but in essence creating a group dynamic of sharing information and encouraging each other would be one of the outputs of say some of this medical related technology coming up. Do you think that's going um, around? Um, you know, I I am still very private about all this stuff like my my personal quantified health data i you know social or not it 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 i'm not too too key maybe it's just me may not be just <laughs> I you know, <laughs> I, I don't know man i i'm a little you know i'm 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 a social person about a lot of things but my health and my personal life and you know i i'm not and i like to keep it that way i i respect people's personal choices and and I think health data is their personal choice and I would not like to see that shared. Right. And you know, to a certain extent I, I definitely agree with you. And you know, by the same token, what amazes me is the level like as I you know, I watch some of my friends on Facebook and so forth, the level of detail that gets shared the younger the generation is, like, you know, if you look at 30s and how they use Facebook, and you look at the 20-somethings and how they use it, the 20-somethings are just out there. I mean, all their stuff is out there. You know, whereas personally, I would be, uh, you know, afraid is to have it, all that stuff out there in the world. But is it, is it really true? I think it just is a myth that everything is out there. I mean, you should ask the 20-something, like, what is it that they're putting out there? I think it's very easy. We assume that's what they're doing. Really? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only a few things 
like uh, I, I would I would be very careful to kind of make that uh, presumption. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, let's uh, switch to another area that um, <clears throat> that was talked about uh, or maybe hinted at, which is, um, for example, a lot of this connectivity is changing the book publishing. Uh, business because you don't have to be wedded to the same process of agents and and book deals and you know authors getting a small percentage of the money and so forth because it, it changes the technology changes how you bring a book to market. Um, I had some folks on on the show a couple of weeks ago who talked about the possibility that all this connectivity will change how businesses in general are are structured, you know, the the fact that you can have a virtual team that you create on a dime, which is sort of the idea behind a lot of these 48-hour, uh, you know, weekend startup deals is that you bring a bunch of people together, but you do it all virtually. And at, if you take it to its logical conclusion, and maybe one day we will just, the business as we know it and the hierarchy and all that will disappear. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um Okay, I I am not you know I'm not very clear as to like the question you're asking. Well, but if you're asking that if connectivity is going to make the 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 structure of an organization more distributed and more well spread out, I would agree with you on that. Like I think we do that with our company, and we are so well spread out. Like, you know, we have people in Portland, Oregon, London. Uh, we have folks in New Hampshire, Austin, Philadelphia, in like in rural Pittsburgh, uh, in New York, in you know Toronto, in Seattle. So we are a completely distributed company. I mean, and we've always been from the day one. And I think you know we don't even think about it as a distributed company anymore. We just think of it. Oh, we are all just connected. Like we are always on the internet. We always have, you know, Skype running on the screen. People are just, you know, either you know, on IRC or they are emailing each other. So for us, it's just, just you know, for us, like the the the, the internet is a, is a connected, you know, it's a glue which is connecting us. So I mean, it would be like you could be sitting in your cubicles and still be, you know, distant. Right, so yeah, I I am with you. I think that is the only way, you know, companies are going to work in the future. Smart, talented people used to come to big companies to centralize location. I think the internet makes it possible for us to go wherever, uh, you know, the good people are. And I think that's where we, you know, Stacy Gunbotham is one of our ace writers, and she's in Austin and. I can I, I never even for one minute thought that she should be in San Francisco. Like why? To me, she's just there all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, you know, we can do video chat 24/7. So I think that's that's definitely the way to go in the future. Do you think that'll carry over to companies that make products? People that usually have you know warehouses with inventory and you know so. It, it's it's easy to envision that for service companies and people who sell knowledge as a product, but when you come to the manufacturing side, the hard goods and so forth, will there be a similar kind of transformation of the business the model look or at structure? This. Look at this. They're already, 
they're already distributed. So you're saying we're already there? Yeah, like look at like you know, um, companies are making products in China and they're using some third-party distribution system, and you know, Dell is like a highly distributed company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are only like in, in, in you know, it doesn't sound like that because they make you know products we don't really associate with a distributed team, but they have a distributed supply chain, which is the 20th century version of being a distributor team. Why can't you go one step further than that? There's a bunch of companies out there who are doing this. Look at all the the guys who did the TikTok, uh, uh, you know, watch, the nano watch strap. You know, they started on Kickstarter and, you know, they spread the, you know, the, the product was made in China and then it's been sold. Uh, you know, to thousands of people, and now it's in, in the Apple Store. It's a completely virtual or distributed company. It's like nothing. You know, I I just think that is going to be normal, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So I know you have to go in a, in a couple of minutes. Just maybe one last thought, or, or get a last thought from you. We got lots of people, lots of communities are building broadband networks, new fiber networks, and so forth. Is there one central lesson on how they can, you know, maximize the potential that their projects represent? Well, I think any community, any company, or anybody who's trying to build, you know, broadband networks needs to understand that connectivity today is equivalent to the steam engine in the last century and you know, internal combustion engines in, in this century, the 20th century, how they connected people and they created commerce and they created opportunities. And when those connections were being made, it wasn't very clear what their impact was going to be. In 1763, when, you know, the idea of a steam engine with, combined with the wheels just first was done, you know, nobody knew that for next 200 years, the world would be turned on its head, right? And so that's, right. How we need, that's how we need to think about the broadband connectivity. Don't expect miracles in next three months or next six months or next one year. You know, as people, when we are getting connected to each other, we will find a way to creatively think of opportunities based on that. And I think it is, it, this is one thing as a society, we knew, we do need to take a long view, just as we took a long view in the 50s in building the highway system in this country. We need to take a similar long view for the connectivity today. And I, I'm not saying just the U.S., but this is worldwide. It's just not just one country or one community, you know, thought process. Yes, you know, there is, you know, I I would be foolish to assume that there is there are matters of life and death and water and health are more important. I agree with all those things. But if you, if a society or a group or a small city or a town or a village has an opportunity to be connected and they can afford it, they should try and do it. Like, that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. And there is an opportunity. You know, I have always been fascinated with places like, you know, Chattanooga, you know, the West Virginia experiment with, you know, laying out broadband, you know, you know, backhaul networks, 
you know, it's not like I expected those things to be like, you know, a gazillion dollar opportunity on day one, but just that, you know, it, it, it at least it sparked a new thought process and how that bandwidth could create jobs and opportunities. And I think over a period of time, you will start to see more and more of that. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been uh, a very, uh, very good chat, and I'm very much appreciative of you taking time from your busy schedule uh, to come in and talk about, uh, you know, what your thoughts are on the future and so forth. And hopefully, I can have you back on again, and we can, you know, spend some more time and look at some more of the, you know, make some sense of some of the whirlwind craziness that's going on around us. Absolutely. Thank you, Craig, for uh, inviting me, and thank you for. Uh, you know, your insightful questions and always, you know, keeping the broadband flag flying high. Uh, not a problem, not a problem. Well, you have a great rest of your day, and I also want to thank our audience for, for stopping by today. And uh, let's see, you know, see everybody again together sometime soon. Okay, take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. All right, goodbye.